You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 299. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. I don't know about you, but for me, this has been a difficult week seeing the news reports and images coming out of Israel. Uh, We we often avoid political and international developments on the local maximum. Sometimes we we dive right into them, but uh, this is one I'm going to address in some upcoming episodes because uh, there's there's no avoiding it. There's no way around it. So uh, not to take away from uh, today's uh, guest, which has been, uh, you know, we've re- we recorded this uh, several weeks ago. It's we were ready to get this out. So let's get a little lighter. Let's talk about future technology. Specifically, I have this great conversation with Sam Kamani about Web3, about podcasting crypto. And I was on his show as well. So definitely check out Web 3.0 with Sam Kamani. And of course, uh, you know, I, I probably will play that on on this feed as well. But check out his podcast. That that conversation that I had with him was we got we got very you know philosophical into the like philosophy of AI. So it was very cool. So we, so we had some pretty great discussions. All right, today's guest is a venture partner at Three X Capital and a founder as well as the host of the podcast Web Three with Sam Kamani. Sam Kamani, you've reached the local maximum. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Max. It's always a pleasure talking with you. And how we were just talking about that, our last conversation went on for like a one and a half hour, but let's yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it short today. Well, yeah. What, how, is that out yet? No, it's not. I, I need to, I've got like such a long queue of um, episodes to edit and publish. So okay. Okay, I'll be doing that soon. I'm, I'm excited because when, when we had our conversation last for your show, which I hope to republish on mine eventually, if, if that's okay, but like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go we, ahead. Yes. It was like, we got into like the philosophy of, of, uh, of like, did we AI. get into philosophy of AI and like yes. the philosophy of consciousness? And we went down this, that rabbit hole went deep, if I remember correctly. So <laughs> yes, I am, I'm yes. excited to have another another look at it uh, again. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. We went into the functioning of AI and how it doesn't really understand or or like how that if we are ever going to get to like, uh, I don't know, you call it singularity or or you call it consciousness that if we if the path that we are on will ever lead us to that or do we need to rethink the whole functioning of AI from ground up? Right, right, uh, and uh, that 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 is a very uh, interesting discussion, near and dear to my heart. Let's get into you for a little bit. You were just introducing yes. you to the local maximum audience. So, uh, what do you do? Why did you become an entrepreneur? Uh, what interests have led you down that path uh, that you eventually took? And let's try to be, you know. We're, we're going to get into the meat of it here, but I just want you to introduce yes. yourself to, to the audience. Sure, sure. Let's, um, yeah. So just very quickly, last 18 years or so, I've been, uh, most of my life, I've been an entrepreneur. My first startup was in e-commerce. I've been early in lots of different fields. Like I was doing Google AdWords in 2003, um, pretty much nearly every social media platform. I've joined like really early. I'm in the first 5% of the users, whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter or um, Facebook or pretty much any platform i i give it a try i test it out or even some niche platforms like vine and orchid and friendster and pretty much i've tried all of them in the first five percent of 
before they even had reached 5% of their user base. Um, because I do like to see what's out there. And and that's why I've been playing with um, with blockchain, even in 2012, when it wasn't even popular yeah, back then. It was just Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it was just Bitcoin. It wasn't, yeah. yeah. And I was looking at and looked at the use cases and things like that and um, and I still I still run a Web3 podcast. For the last two years, I've been um, involved in a few different startups, either I own stake in or I've advised, um, as well as I um, work as a venture partner um, in a Web3 fund called 3x Capital um, or 3xcapital.fund. You can check it out. Um, yeah, we invest in early stage and seed stage, like pre-seed and seed stage Web3 startups um, that have some utility, that have some traction. Um, apart from that, yeah, apart from that, I run podcasts, I had books on tech startups and stuff. Um, but yeah, I love I love tech. I love exploring new tech and talking with interesting people like like you. So yeah, that's oh, pretty much my you. background. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. And so I'm hoping we can dive into a little bit about the web three, which is, you know, it's a buzzword, which are, which are real, but sometimes it's, and I'm sure you you get pitched a lot of yes. um, companies that, that, that say they're web three. And, you know, this is true with every buzzword that's out there, probably cloud. Yes. There's probably a lot of companies that said cloud back in the day or even now, but we yeah. know cloud is real. It's a big deal. So is blockchain. Yes. So is, uh, uh, so is, so is deep learning, but an AI, but yeah. you know, a lot of AI companies, are they really doing it? <laughs> we don't know. So well, what, I, I, and, and a lot of my pro interests are definitely in the Web3 space. I know even if I still can't define it, but but what what does this term mean to you? Uh, what is Web3? What is what is not Web3? Uh, what And like, maybe there are some things that kind of are, are like Web3 adjacent. Uh, I don't know. To, explain to us the space. Tell us, tell us what, what it is. How is sure. it different from blockchain? How is it different from... Uh, 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 I don't know, decentralized protocols, or, or is it that? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. But to me, Web3 is like a collection of technologies. It's it's like saying like mobile tech. So does that include 3G, 4G, um, mobile browsers, uh, like lots and lots of tech that's a collection of it. So same thing with, um, with Web3. Does it mean... Um, NFTs? Does it mean Bitcoin? Does it mean Ethereum? So it's it's a collection of different technologies. And, and there is still, it is like a work in progress, just like with any tech and it is ever evolving. But to me, when it when I first started looking at, um, it did mean like um, decentralization. So um, it, it is pretty much like, you know, how we talked about cloud. So cloud is, is a way to host your data, um, up on a server and so you can access it from anywhere, um, anytime. And then what comes after cloud? So after cloud is the, is the next sort of iteration in my point of view is, is a decentralized way of um, hosting data or keeping data around uh, thousands of computers around the world. Um, so there is no one big boss like Amazon or, or like AWS or Google Cloud or anyone like that. Um, and that's sort of decentralization. So there are other things that happens because of decentralization and one of that is is that it is permissionless so you do not need the permission of aws you can access use uh, create things on that data create things on that so it's permissionless and then it's also immutable because of the nature of blockchain how it works is that it keeps um 
unlike a traditional database that writes rewrites on top of it, it adds data to the end um, end of the array. You can think of it like that, um, and so it it the it creates things on chain, writes things on chain, so it's immutable and it's more transparent. Um, com like completely opposite to what people think that you can use blockchain to hide things or things. But in fact, blockchain is the most transparent way of doing things. You have anyone's wallet address, you can go online and see exactly all the transactions they have done because the the chain remembers pretty much. Um, you cannot go and edit your history that um, if you paid someone Bitcoin from your wallet to their wallet, that that record, that transaction is there for everyone to see. But of course, they it is an ever-evolving technology and there is so much innovation that is being built on top of it. So that's what Web3 sort of meant. However, that is not like the limit um, it's limited to. Um, yes, it is. It's found on the principles of decentralization. And that's why you would see that Web3 companies are the most open companies to when it comes to working remotely compared to all the other. Most Web3 companies do not have a headquarters anywhere. They do not have a physical office building um, because they, they live and breathe the principles of decentralization. However, because there is concentration of money, there is still ways that it gets centralized just like you know the top 10 addresses of bitcoin or wallets in bitcoin own so much more bitcoin than the top 10 yeah. richest people so, like uh, satoshi <laughs> yes Not Not Finney, satoshi. who's dead probably i don't know yeah, I mean, it is. It could be. I mean, to me, it's like it's most likely a team. You know, it's not yeah. one person. Um, oh, oh, right, probably Coinbase or, uh, or, or yeah, yeah, or, or there's lots, there's lots. So yeah. it, there is still centralization of um of wealth even in in a decentralized environment, and that always happens. Does not matter whether we were like a thousand years ago or a hundred years or twenty years. There's always some centralization of, uh, of, course. of wealth and resources and power that always happens. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's just, so Web3 is more like an, an ethos or Web3 is more like a general idea. There is no uh, particular um, category. And that's what people say that, you know, right now, um, DeFi or decentralized finance is considered as part of um of web three but eventually all of DeFi is just going to become fi just like finance there won't be the separation between cfi and DeFi because it's just part of finance it's just like um people will have decentralized or like etfs and mutual funds and all sorts of products um structured um structured products and all sorts of things in the in the finance world and and eventually that line will blur and merge so it, it is still evolving the the term i i think yeah i mean that reminds me of another term which is uh fintech which is you know yes. i i was actually talking about a, a fintech company that a friend of mine started working at uh recently he's very excited about it but like um my sense is like some fintech companies are web3 but not all is is that a space that 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 you find you collide with a lot um, yeah, kind of. Yes, absolutely. Because pretty much you can call every decentralized finance company or anyone that deals in any of the token that has a financial value. Um, you can call it a fintech mm. in a way. So there is a lot yeah. of cross section with that. Um, yeah, it's pretty much like calling any um, AI startup a tech startup. So sure. there is a, yeah. 
so yeah, it's just a subset. So fintech startup could have a centralized finance startup, uh, a TradFi, a traditional finance startup, or a DeFi startup, or all of the Those are all the subsets of a fintech. Yeah, this reminds me of a question, and this is going off script a little bit, but like yes. you know, a debate we've had is you know how are people actually going to do casual payments? Uh, on the blockchain? Is it going to be through the Lightning Network? Is is it going to be through some alternative currency that has a better, uh, you know, level zero uh, scaling solution or level one scaling, scaling solution? I'm not sure I know the difference. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what ha- have you waded into that debate at all? Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. I... Um... So, okay, so currently the the main utility that blockchain has evolved into that people do use the most around the world it's um it's stable coins so that's why the the market cap of stable coins has risen from like 2 billion in 2017 18 at the height of that uh, bull run to now like over 100 billion dollars um the reason why even though right now we are supposed to be in like a crypto winter or the or the beer market um despite that they have risen so much is because they provide a real utility so say you want to pay someone where there is no stripe or paypal which a lot of them are just in like 75 countries like stripe is in but what happens to the other 120 countries you hire someone over fiverr or somewhere else or, or just somewhere on discord or reddit and you need to pay them 50 dollars. how do you how do you do that so one of the best and the easiest way is stable coins because they are pegged to us dollars or euro or singapore dollars or any any of the currencies and then people know exactly what they're getting paid because they do not want to be paid in dogecoin or some random thing that goes jumps like you know 2x up or down so it's like they don't want to work for a whole week on 500 dollars and at the end the the coin has crashed and they get 50 dollars in hand so yeah so that's that's no fun for anyone so no one likes uh instability it's it destroys um economies um instability in a currency fluctuation so that's why stable coins solve that problem as well as they give the instant transaction of, um, you know, you have someone's wallet address, um, you can move the stable coin to them in a few seconds, they get the money and and that's fine. And and I have gotten paid for my podcasts from sta- in using stable coins and I have paid, hired people and paid them using stable coins. But that's at the retail or a, a consumer to consumer or a peer to peer level. Um, there is... Stable coins are also used at a enterprise level, corporate level. Say you are a big business, you have branches all around the world, you want to move money, you want to move um, like a million dollars from UK to US. How do you do it? So there are companies who facilitate that using stable coins. If you currently move in the current um, financial banking ecosystem, it will go through 12 different parties. The The money will go through that. It might take a week, two weeks. It will have to go through regulation, yeah. through lots of different uh, bureaucratic processes. But there are companies who facilitate this and also legally with um, going through um, AML KYC, which is anti-money laundering laws and know your consumer or know your customer Um um, laws. So, so what they do is they have a bank account in UK, bank account in US. They, um, the client or the corporate or the enterprise pays them. They convert it into stable coins. They move to US. They again they convert it back to fiat, and the whole transaction is done within three hours. Money in your bank account anywhere in the world using stable coins as the 
as the underlying backbone infrastructure for this sort of things. And it costs a fraction of what it would cost in a traditional financial ecosystem. So stablecoins are going to be, I mean, they are already uh, big and providing real utility for people around the world, uh, but they are going to be bigger. And also they kind of form the, the underlying infrastructure. You know, the technology gets adapted when people don't have to learn about it. So right. just like um, OpenAI, uh, ChatGPT got adapted because people did not have to learn how large language models work. They just right. go and ask a question, they get answered. Just like, you know, you switch on your, your TV. <laughs> even, even I, who st spent so much time reading and studying this stuff in grad school and learning about large language model, I didn't really bother using it until it was like right in front of me there and, and easy to use. Yes, yes, absolutely. The thing is that it people use technology only when it gets invisible. Um, just like, you know, we use a TV remote, um, we switch on a TV or, or any remote, we, we don't care about infrared and all the technology and what type right. of chip it's using. And we don't need to learn about right now, a lot of Web3 stuff, they need people to learn about blockchain and smart contracts and getting yeah. their smart contract audited and all that. People don't want to do that. Most people in the world are not going to do that. So it's not going to get adopted. It's not going to go mainstream un unless it can go invisible. And and stablecoins are doing that. So next time when you use PayPal, so PayPal has a stablecoin product as well. And, and a lot of the money that you will move in future, the banks will be using stablecoin as their underlying technology to move money in between them, to move money around the world. Um, and, and that's that's just um, likely to happen. I mean, there are lots of banks who are introducing um, these type of products um, or, or they're working on on top of it. So the consumer won't know. You would move money to someone. You would not know that stablecoin tech was used underneath to move that or transfer that money. So so that's my belief that, you know, um, this technology has to go invisible for right. so that the end consumer does not need to worry about it. Yeah. So by invisible, I mean, could it be in the future that like, hey, I'm used to using my credit card or I'm used to using, you know, my my Apple watch to pay for something oh, for absolutely. my credit card. Absolutely. Could it be just be, yeah. could, you know, someone's just going to adopt one of these technologies um, yes. at some point. I mean, you know, I, I'm happy using like a, a Bitcoin or Ethereum or even one of the minor ones. I know like, you know, some people no, might be worried about stablecoin, but yeah. No, no, that's what I mean, that you wouldn't need to. You wouldn't need yeah. to use the stablecoin as well. You would still use US dollars, but how the money went between your watch and the merchant, that transaction underlying would be um, facilitated using a stablecoin. But you used a US dollar, they got a US dollar, but the... Um, the transaction in between when it goes from the bank, your bank, or from your Apple Pay to your credit card to your bank, from your bank to the bank of the merchant to the merchant's account. So in between that, it will be a stablecoin that will be used. But you wouldn't even know that your mm. bank used the stablecoin tech. Just like right now, you bank, you don't care about whether they are using a relationship database management <laughs> software, yeah. what cloud they're using, what server they're using, what or are they using a blockchain or a distributed database? You, you don't know. So so that's what I mean. That you know, when the technology goes invisible for the end consumer, that's when there will be a lot more adoption. Like most people do not think about the cloud day to day. They just send the email. They just store the file. They don't really 
um, think about where this server is. Um, and, and even that is partially distributed, not completely, but partially distributed. You know, they have like, uh, the, like the EC2 or uh, AWS, and they have different servers around in different regions so that it can provide the data faster and they have a copy of it. So if something gets corrupted and stuff. So most people don't think about all that tech. So, so that's what I mean, so cloud was possible even back in the days. You could create your own server. You can upload things there every time. And it was possible before the rise of AWS and stuff and um, and all that. Um, and, and I used to do that for myself back in like, you know, um, about 18 years ago or, or something like that. So um, um, you could use uh, Windows NT or something like that and create a <laughs> create a folder for yourself and I could I used to keep files there and th that's like a version of cloud but oh, most yeah. people did not do that because it's too um, too arduous um, you know too time consuming and too complex so right. people just wait for a easy solution. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this might go into the next question that I have here is, uh, which I think getting to easy solutions is going to be the big, is, is going to be a part of this. But what are some of the biggest problems that you see in, in Web3 right now that that need to be solved? Um, it is, um, it's, I don't know, somehow it is becomes like a very, it's like a click or a, or a cult. <laughs> it becomes like that and, and everyone becomes like, um, like a Bitcoin maxi. I don't know if you even heard those sort uh, of terms. Yes, yes. Or, I, or, a, or a ETH maxi or something like I that. I spent a lot of time talking to very opinionated <laughs> and ideological people. And yes. so, uh, yeah, and sometimes I keep, sometimes I offer my opinions, but sometimes I like to keep my mouth shut and see what people tell me. And they, they say some very interesting things. So yes, uh, I'm aware of all of this. Yes. So the thing is, it becomes very very opinionated very heated becomes like a debate um the only debate we should be having is that how are we delivering um value and we are making the life of people more convenient more easy um and whatever is the best technology it doesn't matter if the best technology comes out of any country any um any new chain or any old chain doesn't matter if it's uh bitcoin based ethereum based uh or, or any new coin base. So it shouldn't matter, but it becomes like big groups. It becomes like tribal, like, mm -hmm. you know, this is my team, red versus blue. This is your team and yeah. and I'll defend it. I'll die on this hill, whether it, it does provide value or not, it does. Yeah. So, so that's the aspect of um, Web3 I don't like as much, but I think that's just a human nature thing and it's not a Web3 thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think it's a it's also a combination of, um, you know, you have a lot of engineers who are kind of at the top of the bell curve there working yes. on it. You have a lot of people who are there for maybe ideological reasons. And, yes. um, and you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of, you do have a lot of like scams. You got a lot of people who have been burned by it. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who want to sound confident. And so there's, there's, there's all those things kind of combine, I think. And maybe there's some other reasons, but <laughs> yeah. Oh no, but... there there'll always be unfortunately decentralization is a double-edged sword. There will yeah. always be scams because um yeah, so it's like the the good thing about decentralization is that you don't have um, anyone with a big stick, um, you know, um, 
making rules for you on what you can and cannot do. So that is good and bad. The bad thing of that is that there are likely to be more scams in this um, space as well, because there is no big cop with a big stick. Yeah. There's no, there's no big bad guy chasing off the little bad guys because they don't want competition. So yes, <laughs> yes. So so there yeah, is so. like yeah. So it is like um kind of like uh you know um slight a, a slight taste of anarchy <laughs> yeah. uh, in a way. Um, and that's like libertarianism. But the 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 ideal scenario is that. Um, that blockchain and maths can be made intelligent enough so that it recognizes the good from the bad and that the people um, in a blockchain-based environment, um, a completely decentralized-based environment, can be incentivized to make the right decisions, to to stop the, the bad people and stuff, and, and they are given the right to vote. And um, because of that's the whole creation of DAOs, you know, like decentralized autonomous organizations. And then there are people who own the token, have the voting rights so that they uh, make the, you know, so it's a bit more democratic way of yeah. like self-governing, um, creating a self-governing system so that the bad people are voted out and all that. But I mean, that's theory. <laughs> that That is theory. There's still things happen. Um that are sure. outside of the theory. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I always think of uh, like the infamous DAO situation back in 2017 or 2016 when when uh, Ethereum had to uh, crack between Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. Uh, yes. And, um, you know, now since then there have been successful DAOs, but like that was, <laughs> that, yeah. that one, uh, I'm sure a lot of people got burned on that. It's very probably a very yeah. frustrating situation. Yeah, yeah, and and those sort of things are bound to happen because, um, in theory, it is creating a idealistic society where the power is completely decentralized and that you don't need this uh big cop with a big stick um enforcing rules on anyone so people have the freedom to build and move faster and that's why web3 moves incredibly incredibly fast mm. um because it's permissionless but then the bad side of it is um that there are um unsavory characters trying to exploit the system um, just because they're more technically advanced. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So have you seen any like cool product demos, uh, recently that, that you could share with us that, um, might be, you know, of interest to someone who's like, well, what, what's going on in, in the web three space? What are, what are some of the entrepreneurs thinking about these days? Okay, so I just came back from Singapore. I went to Token 2049, saw lots and lots of um, cool products, um, lots of cool projects, and so many investors. The vibe there in, in the Web3 world, in the blockchain crypto world is very, very different to US, where it feels like in US people are waiting for SEC to make more guidance and regulation, and there is a lot of waiting, whereas in Asia, it, is, it seems like people are just building, going ahead. They don't really, um, they don't really care what happens in in US, um, and they are a lot more optimistic um, than things are in US in the in the Web three space. Um, so that that's what it felt like. There were a lots and lots of products in DeFi and finance. Is also because Singapore is like a financial hub, so 
yeah, lots of new products going to come out in the DeFi in the real world um, or assets or RWA, um, they call them. So basically tokenizing real world assets so they can be mm. traded more easily. Um, some people like that. Some people don't like that because they don't think everything should be commercialized um, because that's what this technology is doing. Um, it's commercializing everything for everyone. Um the other projects, uh, what I saw is that there's going to be a lot of investment products that are going to come out over the next five years, 10 years, and that is going to open it up for a lot more institutional investors. It has already happened overseas. It's happening at much rapid space overseas compared to U.S. because in U.S. people have to wait for the SEC to give the green light. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I came across um, lots of projects on that side. There is a lot of um, innovation happening on the on-ramp, off-ramp, like using um, mobile phone numbers. So, you know, you can send money or like stable coins or whatever, or crypto-based uh, money from person to person um, using your phone number, just text the message and, and do that. So um, some very interesting products. Thank and you. of course, as we are just talking earlier, I've seen some interesting products in, in the AI space as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The AI, the AI Web3 combo, that's like, that's like the dream right now. Um, yes. so, uh, I want to ask about your podcast. I see you have a, uh, you know, a podcaster set up. Um, how did you get into podcasting? What is, uh, you know, what's, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, and, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about it before we, uh, before we head out. Just, just one minute. I just need to close the door. Just give oh, me a okay. minute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Yep, I'm back. All right, we're good. Yes. Let's so, talk yes. about podcasting. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, I absolutely love podcasting. It started because of COVID, and uh, during the first lockdown, um, I I wanted to talk about my book, and generally I used to go to events and speak at events about different topics on different tech startups and stuff. And then I was like, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna meet people? And I'm an extrovert. I like talking with people and. Yeah. Um, and and meeting new interesting people and all that so um i thought okay you know what's the second best i'll go on other people's podcast so i started doing that and and as soon as i went on few and i'm um people started saying that hey um why don't you start your own podcast so i thought okay i'll do that and i just did that pretty much within a month of um covid starting and and then since then i've 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 had so much fun and i met some really really interesting people i interviewed some really interesting people including people like Vitalik um I interviewed him um in a couple of weeks I'm going to be interviewing um um senator of Wyoming who's introducing his own um uh, they're introducing their own stable coin um so so that's going to be interesting um, so who, yeah. who is so, that what what country is that U.S. Wyoming senator of Wyoming oh yes yeah uh, Cynthia Loomis right no no, no. Chris Chris, uh, what's his name? Just a second. Let me look oh. right now. Um, 
His name is uh, Chris Rothfuss. Oh, okay. I know that uh, Cynthia Loomis is one of our uh, senators from Wyoming who has been very like pro crypto. Uh, yes. So, oh, Wyoming uh, is very pro crypto. Yeah. So, um, so that's why. Um, uh, yeah. So that's why I'm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I found him. I found him. I'll. I'll I'll share the share the link. Um, All right. And yeah. yeah, so I'm uh, I'll be interviewing him to learn more about his yeah. his um, stablecoin, and it's just inevitable that pretty much nearly every country, every state, they will introduce their stablecoin. Some would be early, some would, and eventually there'll be consolidation, and some will become really really big. Some stablecoins. Yeah, there's there's so many pockets in the U.S. that like when I lived up in New Hampshire. Oh my God! Yes. There was so much, uh, so many people into crypto in New Hampshire, and like, like you know, trying trading it, and you know, little caverns in the woods and whatever. I'm sure that Wyoming too. New York, yeah, it's very frustrating because you know, early on in New York, like 2013, yeah. 2014, I wasn't part of it, but I know people were at Union Square, like always trading yes. it, and then we, now New York is like the worst place for crypto. Which uh, why is that? Sad. Yeah, because uh, because the um, regulations, it's like almost every. Um, Almost every like service that's out there is like will operate in 49 states except New York. Uh, really? So wow. Yeah. So uh, it's very frustrating. I mean, maybe it's because the the kind of incumbent um, financial industry financial wants didn't to want protect it. their own. But that stuff. that's a very bad like they should adopt it, you know, um, they should but, adopt uh, it. And, and, take the lead globally. and <laughs> I'm sure some of those people trading in Union Square were people who were working in finance in New York. You know, there was yes. an employee. So. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was a, a political that, decision from a from a government that uh, state government that uh, yeah, but didn't have a like um, BlackRock and ARK yes. Invest and they're all introducing their Bitcoin ETFs. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like early next year. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yes, exactly. But like anything retail, you like you can't really do in New York. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I thought BlackRock was based in New York. I, oh, I'm yeah. Sure. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so they are introducing it. So once they do, all the other funds will follow their lead because yeah. they are like the biggest. So they they'll all have. I'm sure Vanguard also has something similar in the plans. Uh, but they will all fidelity will have something every every big and small um wealth manager will do that sooner or later yeah yeah exactly all right so what yes. what's the podcast called where can we find it so the podcast is called web3 with sam kamani web or even three. if you just yes so if even if you just search web3 with sam you will find it on any audio platform awesome and look and and you know i'm on it Vitalik is on it. I'm going to, I'm going to yes. like, like say that, like I have been on the same podcast that uh, Vitalik <laughs> was on. That's going to, that, that, that sounds, uh, that sounds yes. very cool. Um, so even though I've had some big names on this podcast, I, I kind of absolutely, forget. But... <laughs> absolutely. I, I really enjoy your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I really appreciate it though. Uh, any last thoughts in our discussion today and, uh, where can people find out more about you uh, other than we other than the podcast? We just went into the podcast, but uh, yeah. Last yeah. Thoughts, yeah. Sure. Sure. So uh, 
um you can just search for me sam kamani s a m k a m a n i on on linkedin or twitter or tiktok or any pretty much most platforms um mo- mostly i'm active on linkedin that's uh, sort of the main platform that i use um because uh, a lot of the founders and um other vcs are, are there as well in in this space especially the ones outside us it seems like us vcs are very um twitter centric <laughs> but outside of us yeah. uh, they are more on linkedin so so that's where i uh, mostly hang out so come and say hi um send me a dm if you have any questions if you have a startup feel free to pitch it especially if it's in the pre seed or seed stage um yeah um and apart from that the the one thing i would say is that you know the the technology will always change and adapt and there'll be new products and new tech so um instead of investing in in any particular one coin or anything invest in yourself invest in learning and that's what i've done i mostly invested in in learning and and one of the way i thought is by by listening to podcasts and by interviewing other people or by going to conferences and talking with other like-minded people so that's what i've done so that's what my my main advice or the or the key message that i would like to relay is that yeah um invest in yourself that's uh that's a really great message and even as someone who has tried to live by that i think it's a message that we all have to be reminded we remind ourselves uh, uh from time to time you know through Good times, bad times. It's like, you know, you gotta yes. you gotta stay stay on track. So appreciate yeah. that. All right, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Once again, uh, I was also on Sam's podcast, Web3 with Sam Kamani, and this just came out as well this week. So we're kind of hitting them with a one-two punch. And uh, it's, a, it's a different conversation. So definitely check that one out. And I'm hoping to have Aaron on soon to discuss maybe a look back. Maybe we can discuss recent uh, developments, uh, recent uh, current events, and also for episode 300. All right. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.